I've been thankful and I give thanks for what I've got. And, you know, and, and I said, man, isn't it just simple, right? <laughs> isn't it just simple? And we lose sight of those simple things that, that make the huge difference. That was Robert Holmes, and this is Guild Stories. Hey, y'all, and welcome to Guild Stories, the podcast where every person has a story, and it's the stories that connect us all. I'm Justin Rickliffs, founder and CEO of Guild Content, husband of Brooke, and father of five young people. And I'm joined today by my lovely co-host, who happens to be my wife as well. Hey guys, I'm Brooke, owner of Reclaim the Home, Justin's wife and mother of five. We're so grateful you're here. This podcast is a place where we'll explore the stories of hustlers, dreamers, and doers who are going for it by pursuing meaningful work and living life with purpose. Welcome to Guild Stories. Cool. So we're here today um, joined by a guy who I think you're going to love his story. Uh, obviously, we think that, otherwise we, we wouldn't have him on, because I think the the, uh, the whole point of us is telling, um, connecting you guys to cool storytellers. So uh, Robert Holmes is with us. Um, I'll let him do a better job of introing himself than I can, but he's got a brilliant background, really fascinating guy. Um, he's written a book. He's got a book out that we'll talk about. He runs a marketing company in Ohio called Indo Marketing Group, which we will talk about as well. Um and Robert's a guy who I don't personally know as well as um, some of our other guests. So I'm even looking forward to digging in a little bit here with Robert. So um, he came to us through uh, a connection, a, a guy on our team, Eric Rose. And so we'll tell that story as well. But um, Robert, at the risk of me rambling all day long, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to, to talk with me. Oh, dude, of course. It's uh, we, We've had one good long conversation and, and this will be the second Um and I just, I left that conversation encouraged and in a lot of ways, but, uh, especially kind of as a, a fellow sojourner in this, uh, this land of entrepreneurism and small business owners, I was like, Hey, that guy gets me. I really like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, a few of us that have this disease, we tend to, we tend to relate to each other. Yeah, exactly. So, so give, um, the guild stores folks, just a, a quick intro, uh, who you are, what you're doing, what you're up to. Um, and then if you're cool with it, we may kind of wind you back all the way to the beginning and, and, uh, and learn your story a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Robert Holmes and, uh, and obviously I, I, uh, I have an, uh, an, an opportunity here today to, to, to tell my story, which is, uh, which is great. And I really enjoy the opportunity to do this because, as you know, all of us have, have some level of a story in our lives and, and, and I love to learn from other people's stories. And, and, and when I talked with Justin for the first time, I was just incredibly encouraged as, as I find out today that he was uh, from talking to me. So um, I think we share that like-mindedness, which is to, uh, to learn from others. So uh, my, my situation right now is I am in beautiful Columbus, Ohio, where the skies are always gray and uh, enjoy it down here. Uh, a, a Buckeye fan grew up in Ohio, uh, grew up in Ohio and then moved to, uh, to Georgia uh, in my mid twenties and lived in Georgia for 15 years. So I did get to see some sunshine while I, while I lived down there and came back to, came back to, to the to Buckeye land, which, uh, you know, I'm passionate about. I, I love the people here in the Midwest and enjoy the culture. So I am here right now and I have an office at Ohio Wesleyan campus. It's a, a actually a partnership that's put on by the County, the city of Delaware and, uh, the Ohio Wesleyan school, uh, to build what is called an entrepreneurial center. And so there's about 10 of us, 
budding little businesses that have office space in a building here, and uh, uh, which is which is great because uh, cool. as I talked about, yeah, having stories, we we all have stories and we all share our stories with each other, and we find synergies that we we had no idea existed, and so. We all started here as 10 little individual businesses, and now there's uh, uh, opportunities uh, amongst ourselves where we're sharing board positions across some of the businesses and, and really starting to find some some real synergies of doing business together. And uh, you know, I've got one guy that uh, works, uh, has a plastics company that's coming up in a, in a, in a very sustainable kind of uh, business. Uh, and, uh, and one of the first clients that we bring on into, into our business, uh, our marketing business, is a uh, is a bio-based lubricants company. So as he's going, he says, "Hey, I want to add that to my portfolio, right?" So we we finding these synergies that that exist and and finding uh, opportunities with each other that, uh, that is great, you know. And it all comes from talking to each other and learning about each other and and uh, you know trying to figure out how we all how we all make each other better. That's awesome, man. So um, you probably say the Ohio State University clearly, right? Of course I do. <laughs> That's, awesome. I do. That's awesome. I, I worked. I worked with a buddy um, when when I was in Memphis, and uh, he he lives in Memphis still, Cordova, Tennessee, actually. But um, he, he went to the Ohio went to Ohio State University, and, I, and he was clear, very quick to correct me of the Ohio State University. So <laughs> yeah, I got it. Um, so that that's exciting. How about the kind of personal side? I mean, do you have a family? What's uh, what's that piece I, of your life look like? I do, yeah, and that is an, an amazing piece of my life as well. I, I have a, a wonderful, wonderful wife, uh, Jen, has been incredibly supportive of, of me in this disease of entrepreneurialism, and uh, and you know we've uh, she's traveled uh, across Georgia a few times, and a few times we've moved here in Ohio, and has been uh, been nothing but more supportive than in our in our ventures and our our uh, our you know trying to trying to uh, make the world a better place. The two boys, 16 and 18, and uh, they are teenage boys, and Jen and I have come to the realization that we have, we know absolutely nothing. We thought we were smart people. We're, we're really not. That's great. So, uh, yeah, we're kind of at that point in, in our lives. But they're, they're great boys. Uh, um, both of them uh, just just uh, never had any issues uh, whatsoever. Just been just been uh, really really good kids, and and I uh, can't wait to see what the future holds for them. That's awesome. What's the 18 year old thinking about? I mean, is he in college, at senior in high school? Like, what's his what's his? Yeah, so he like? just he just graduated high school, and it's interesting. Uh, you asked that question, and I can't clearly tell you that right now. I mean, neither can he. Um, but for me, it's, it's, uh, he's, he's one that I don't concern myself with because he's always been an unbelievable caring child. He's always been just a, just a great person socially and has, has great friend network and, and, uh, but growing up, he's, he, uh, has suffered with dyslexia. And so school has been tough for him. Sure. And we recognized it early, early on uh, in Georgia, and we're, we're blessed to be able to find some great tutors over the years that were skilled in the Wilson method uh, or Orton-Gillingham, uh, which is a scientific-based learning system that is specifically designed for dyslexic children. Wow. And so we, we got him kind of in a, in a spot where he, he could, could move forward and, and uh, you know, got him through some really tough years. Uh, with that tutoring, uh, you put a lot of stress on him and, and Jen, of course, uh, you know, they go to school all day long and come home and have to drive him to the other side of town to go get his tutoring done. But, 
uh, did it for years and, 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 uh, you know, but when it was all said and done and it was time to put that graduation hat on, he was not excited about going to college. Oh man. So, uh, so just, <laughs> uh, just, I think it's just, a, it's a matter of, of, of a break at this point. Sure. He's actually been talking to us with me lately about, you know, doing some type of trade. He's been interested in welding or automotive technician, um, type stuff. Um, and I'd love to see him go down that cause the, the world is in so much need for the, for the trades people right now. Oh my gosh. We, we have a, we have a client who they're in the residential painting exterior painting business. And it's just fascinating how he, 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 number one, he's a terrific guy and really smart business owner, but the, the simplicity of him showing up to give the quote when the customer is asking for them to show up then for, for him to have the follow-up skills to, to actually deliver the proposal and then to call them kind of friendly reminders of, hey, the painting project is scheduled between next Wednesday and Friday, depending on rain. Make sure you have your, like, again, not, not minimizing that skill because that is a skill. But he, he has, and I'm sure he, could, he would love to grow his business and all that, but he has more customers than he could ever dream of having because he shows up and does, like, simple things like be friendly yeah. and, and say nice things to people. It's just wild yeah. to me. Sometimes it's just that simple. Actually, I had a conversation with a gentleman earlier today that was uh, uh, saying just that. And he was saying, hey, you know, the, the uh, you know, how I've been successful is that I've been thankful. And, and mm. I've, I've, you know, I've been in a situation where I'm always in a situation where I give thanks for what I've got. And, you know, and, and I said, man, isn't it just simple, right? <laughs> isn't it just simple? And we lose sight of those simple things that, that make the huge difference. Absolutely, man. Well said. I appreciate you sharing that about your son. I, I, I'm reminded um, of a, a book. I just kind of finished an audio book. Uh, I'm going to have to look it up while, while we're talking because I forgot the name of it already. But it was uh, so impactful, clearly. Um, no, it was, a, it was a great book. Um, it was called Get Out of Your Head, and the author's name is Jenny Allen, and she, uh, she's the If Gathering founder, and, and she shared some pretty personal stories about her daughter who has dyslexia or maybe son. Um, but just the, the ongoing everyday, I mean, you know, she used the example of reading a book and that this, her, her kiddo would struggle over one word and the word was friend. And it was like, whether it's fiend or friend or follow, like just the way that even just to get one word and then to realize like, Oh man, I got 49,999 more to get through for this one book. Um, I just, I mean, I I can't relate to that, but I just had so much compassion thinking, man, what a, what a journey and a, and a, and a challenge, but what, what a neat story perseverance to work, work through those kind of things. It's crazy. Yeah. And I'll tell you that that was one of the toughest part as a parent was to, to see him, uh, physically just get worn out from having so much effort uh, of doing what, what we perceived as simple stuff mm. and to have the patience to be able, and, and my wife is absolutely a saint to sit and have the patience to be able to help him through, you know, and we, we look at it and just, it just, the things that register us are so simple. And, and, you know, as a child, like he, he would read a sentence and we come right back to the same sentence and he couldn't get it the second time. And you're like, wait, you just read that, you yeah. know, and, yeah. but just, it's just, it's just, a, it's a challenge. And, uh, and like I said, you know, the, the hardest part of the parent was where you, you would see him come home from school and just be physically wore out, you know, and kids don't typically come home from school when they're, 
when they're 10 or 12 years old and go to bed, right? Um, but but sometimes he would have to because he was just physically wore out from the from the mental efforts they put in through the day. Yeah, man. Gosh dang, that's yeah, that's so tough. Um, so if you're cool with it, let's let's wind back real quick. Uh, just give yep. us a, a quick snapshot. Where'd you grow up? What was family like for you? Um, how'd you kind of get get uh, get your start in this uh, spinning world we're we're living in? Yeah, absolutely. So. I grew up in uh, in Niles, Ohio, which is uh, kind of right in between Youngstown and Warren, um, and uh, it's uh, steel belt and uh, uh, very very uh, uh, very blue collar uh, worker. My dad was a a, a steel worker, uh, like a lot of folks in that area, and uh, he worked at a rolling mill plant where they produced uh, steel building products and. Um, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and she was absolutely amazing with us kids, and she spent so much time with us, and just an incredible, incredible nurturer. Um, and so uh, had a, a blessed upbringing. We, we didn't have a whole lot of, of money and had a small little, you know, thousand-square-foot home. Uh, but, man, from, from everything, from a, from a family, family life, and, and uh, uh, was, was just tremendous. And, and um uh, my mom passed away in 2018, um, and uh, that was one that kind of sat with me heavy. I talk about it in, in my book, and, oh, and uh, but it was uh, um, you know the, the dedication. Uh, you know, she, she she always encouraged me to follow follow my heart and the arts and the creative part of, of who I am, uh, which is part of what what makes me an entrepreneur, right? And uh, and so uh, so I grew up in in that small town. I went to Youngstown State University after graduating high school, and uh, Youngstown State University is a great school, and uh, really enjoyed it. Lived at home, traveled to school, and uh, my freshman year, I began to recognize that a lot of small businesses on my way to school really had no idea what they were doing creatively and how they were presenting themselves. And I was going to date myself right here, but uh, for instance, pager shops, um, you know, they would have a white sign out front that said pagers on it. And I guess, I guess that worked, right? (laughs) Because people would come there and buy pagers, but there was absolutely no, no thought to brand, no thought to, to, you know, to what it looks like from the street and how professional it looks. Could that impact their, the price that they're getting for the product and so on and so forth. So, um, so as I'm driving by, uh, you know, I began to get this creative urge to help. And so, uh, so they started to become my projects at school. And so, um, so uh, three times this happened where I would do a project school to actually do do an image advancement for for uh, you know one of those companies that I drove by on my way to school and then when I finished the project it was the days of floppy disks and and um, and you know just uh, um, storyboards and I would walk in with a storyboard and every all the, all the artwork on a floppy disk and and kind of lay it out and say look I've redesigned your business and this is what it looks like and then whatever they gave me for money was great because I, awesome. you know, I just did it for a grade. And uh, about the third time that I did that, I thought, you know what? <laughs> I think I could do this. So, uh, so I made myself some business cards and planted myself in my bedroom. And uh, on the business cards, I put uh, 6520787, which was our home phone number. Awesome. And, uh, and my parents, uh, about two months later, uh, my dad was angry with me because the phone was ringing. He was always answering it for me, and and uh, and and he's like, 
you know, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm running a business. And so that's kind of how it all started. And, uh, and, and from that point on, it kind of turned into, you know, meeting people and building partnerships and, and got to do some creative things while I was there as a young guy and, and, uh, um, uh, worked with, uh, with, with a gentleman, um, to, uh, to build a little business called flex marketing. And we did, uh, we did infomercials and, and, uh, we got to do a great infomercial with Pat Morita for a, for a backstroke back massager, which was a back massager invented by a chiropractor in, in Salem, Ohio. And, uh, and then, uh, and then I had a, a mountain bike accident, uh, in Cook's Forest that, uh, kind of changed, changed my perspective on life a little bit um and uh things didn't work out like they do sometimes in small business and uh it didn't didn't uh you know come out to the results that we wanted and and i decided you know what i'm gonna start over and i went to uh to georgia uh with a friend that graduated high school that was living there he had a job at siemens and i just decided i'm gonna start my life over and uh and just got there. I, I, I laugh because I, I think about, you know, that time of starting my life over and, and uh, a pivot, as I call it. And um, I, I literally made the decision and two days later was, was leaving Ohio with uh, my guitar, of course, um, a fax machine, a, a plastic tub with all of the paperwork from my business um, and, uh, and some printed resumes. Uh, and then, and then my clothes in the trunk of my car and, and, uh, and headed down the road. And I stopped at a friend's house in North Carolina, uh, that had a, a muddy muffler and brake shop. And I stayed with them for a week and worked with him in his shop and he paid me cash. And, and I continued on to Georgia and started fax resumes. And seven days later, I had a new home and a, and a new, new job and started over. Man, it sounds like a Clint Black song, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. So, so it. you you legitimately like roll in and start faxing resumes to people. Yeah, that's yes, awesome. I did. How, I, I did. What, what again? That's a skill not to be minimized. Like how <laughs> how 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 did you know? What to, who to fax? What to say? Like what what that looked like? Uh, at the time, people still read the newspaper, and so. So I literally got the newspaper and the one ads and, and, uh, you know, worked on cover letters and printed them out and faxed them. And, and, uh, like I said, it took seven days before I had a job. And, uh, my first job was at Hella, which is an automotive lighting manufacturer, German company. Um, and, uh, uh, so I, I hit the ground running and, and, uh, and then a few, few years later, um, uh, I, I met a, um, a guy through an actual a, 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 rep, a rep for uh, a publication that I was buying ads from. Um, I met a guy that had a, a startup business, and that entrepreneurial spirit just just came back in me full swing. Um, and uh, I, uh, I had built a relationship with an, with an elderly gentleman for some reason that's kind of been been uh, a part of my life. When I was growing up, I. I fished uh, on a regular basis with a gentleman that lived across the street from me who happened to be our the mayor of our hometown um, and for some reason he picked the young guy across the street uh, which at the time I was probably 14 or 15 years old and and we would fish together once a week and and uh, he and I a boat and uh, part of part of what the, I think really became part of the story that or the reason part of the reasons why I wrote the story is that uh, in my book and so um, 
so I've kind of always been surrounded by and 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 uh, uh, you know elderly gentlemen that are able to pour into me, which is great. And uh, I think it's it's what's helped me want to want to desire to be a mentor for others uh, as it is. But um, so it, it uh, um, uh, I met a, met a gentleman down there, and at the same time that I started uh, this relationship with uh, with a company called Winware that was in its infancy. So I think I came on as the sixth or seventh employee something like that. Um, I also started a business called keepyourcustomers.com uh, with this gentleman. And, uh, and so uh, kind of bringing up um, uh, keepyourcustomers.com on my own in my basement with a server farm in my basement and a, and a phone system and a separate phone line. Um, and then uh, at the same time, uh, uh, you know, starting with a small business in over a 13 year period, we grew it to about 130 employees and Holy sold smokes. to Stanley Black and Decker. Yeah. So, uh, so that business then was sold to Stanley Black and Decker, and about a year into the sale, um, uh, I was asked to, to come back to Ohio and and help uh, their Mac Tools business, uh, and came in as the director of of marketing, and then moved to um, vice president of marketing, and and then vice president of marketing and sales until I uh, till I got this entrepreneurial bug again, and and they made some changes in the organization, and and uh, end up back out here on my own doing doing what I absolutely love, which is, you know, starting from nothing, something from nothing and, and creating, uh, creating something that comes out of my head and onto paper and into infrastructure and hopefully supporting other people. Man, what a, what a neat journey. There's so much in there, right? Like you, you gloss through, you, not in a bad way, but you, you like rolled through all this stuff that's like, Whoa, 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 wait, time out. Like you did this and you did that. And you sold the company to Stanley Black and Decker and you you became a VP of sales and marketing for Mac Tool. Like that's just yeah. awesome. That's awesome. To be, to be clear, I didn't sell the company, right? Uh, just so happened that the company I was part of growing to, the, to that size uh, was a part of the, you know, being sold and being the acquisition. Sure. Um, uh, I did sell um, my portions of, of uh, the, the other company uh, back to back to my partner in 08. So, um you know, they're, they're, yeah, I mean, you, you know what it's like as an entrepreneur, right? There's always movements, there's always decisions to be made, there's always where am I going next kind of mentality, and um, that's part of what I love about it. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. part of part of what what uh, what fuels me is is really um, as much as I I, um, I I necessarily don't, I'm not a huge, <laughs> I would openly say that I I'm a huge fan of uncertainty. But something about that is a driving force, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that is, you know, you want, you want to, you want to, you know, things are uncertain. You want, you want to try and create it and, um, you know, create the stability. So. Yeah. It, it's, it's, um, as is often the case with these interviews and these conversations, uh, it, it feels so helpful and, and it resonates so deeply with me that, I mean, I've used this analogy a thousand times, probably even on this podcast that, you know, my journey uh, as an entrepreneur is only three years old. I, I had some kind of fits and starts and some other stuff that 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 took place along the way to get me to this point. But um, it, it, for many meaningful reality, this is kind of my first swing. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I've described it as, you know, having a machete in the thick of the jungle and we're just hacking brush all day long and i'm like smiling going guys i promise like just through this next patch there's going to be something really awesome and, and it, it could it could absolutely be like 
you know, a cliff that we all fall into. Um, <laughs> but, but I, I, in all seriousness, I, I, I do wonder how do you, how do we, how do, how do you, how do we juggle kind of this tension between, you know, the, the joy of the uncertainty, but also this like innate responsibility and wisdom of, of not, that not has, doesn't have to be concrete certainty, but where, where does that become foolish and neglectful? Right. Or when does that like, Oh no, no, no. That's just part of the risk that you take to do the thing that you're doing. So, so I think it comes down to, at least in, in, in the way that I look at it, I think it becomes foolish when you, you don't have a good strategy and plan. Right. If you're not continually thinking about where am I right now and am I where I want to be towards the goals I've set? And if I'm not, how do I get there? But if you're just rolling every day and you're trying to make the next deal and you're, as I call it, chasing the next deal or, 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 you know, you just out there kind of blindly casting rather than understanding where the fish truly are, then, then, you know, that's when it kind of gets, you know, you're, 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 you're in a situation where you're putting everybody and everything at risk. And that's, that for me is not comfortable. Um, the risk for me is okay. Um, and it, and it's, and it's actually fun. And, and, uh, uh, when, when you can be in a situation where you say, okay, I see where this risk is, but this is the plan I have to offset that risk. And my chances of getting there are very good. Right. And sometimes that's resetting shorter term goals where you, you, you have a longer term vision, but but you've got to have steps to get to that longer term vision. And and sometimes it's a matter of breaking your plan up and simplifying and, you know, taking taking the right steps towards the direction. Dude, it's so good. And you, you walked us right into the into the book content, I think. I mean, I, I, I could ask you <laughs> a thousand questions all day long, but um, our conversation last week was so simple and straightforward and like, Oh yeah, dude, like that, that book is going to sell a million copies because it's just so, (laughs) it's so practical and helpful. So, um, tell us about your book. Tell us about kind of the story behind it, the story of it. And then, you know, the, the four kind of main, uh, pillars or, 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 uh, structures that kind of, uh, tie it all together. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the book is called one fish changes everything. And, and, uh, I think that, I wrote it. Number one, I'm a, I'm, I love fishing and 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 have uh, for a long time, and uh, and it's just kind of one of those passionate things that I that I don't have enough time to do. But if I, you know, I certainly wish I did. And one day I'll retire, and that's what I do every day. Yeah, man. Um, part too. of what I think a good part of what I think I, I like about fishing is is the fact that it, it takes uh, effort. Now, when I say that, there's all types of different types of fishermen, just like there's all different types of employees and workers and, and people in the world, right? Um, there are fishermen that come out and they put out their little chair and they, they put a six pack of beer next to them and they cast out their bobber and they put a worm on it and they wait for something to come by and bite it. Right. Um, then there's fishermen like me, right. That stay up all night long, getting everything prepared, making sure that everything is in the right spot for when I get out of the water, I can grab my rod and, uh, I'm doing the studies the night before, What's the water temperature? What's the color? Is it stained? What color bait am I using? Right? Where were the fish last week? Where were they? You know, where, where are they moving? Are they on their beds? Or are they off their beds? Where? You know, so there's so, so much to it 
that takes strategy every single time. And it takes certain steps to be a successful fisherman. Number one, you've got to have a strong foundation, right? It doesn't do you any good to really want to go catch the biggest fish in the lake if you don't have the proper tools to do that, right? You don't have the right rod. You don't have the right lines. You don't have the right, uh, the right baits. You don't have a boat. You don't have a trolling motor. You don't have the, the sonar and the things that you need to be able to do that. It's going to be very tough to reach your goal. So you've got to have a good solid foundation for what you're setting as your target, which is the next step. You should build your foundation, feel solid in your foundation. If you've got cracks in your foundation or holes in your foundation, work on filling those before you then take the next step, which is defining your target. And when you define your target, I can go out on the lake and, and fish, and I'm, I'm kind of rolling through this, but it's all, great, um, I'm just going to keep going. Um, you, you, can, you can define right your target, and I can say, you can go, hey, my target is I want to go out there and catch the biggest fish in the lake. Well, that's not a target what kind of fish do you want to catch? Right. Mm. And, and, uh, tell me exactly what species you're going to attack and, 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 you know, understand that target well enough to know where they're at those days. And, and, and then once you understand, okay, this is the target I'm going after, right. Build your strategy, right. Where are they in the lake? What, 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 you know, what, what migratory pattern are they in right now? What's the typical bait they buy this, this time of year or they bite this time of year. Um, and build that strategy. What, what is, what is that strategy? Big picture. And then the last step is plan, right? Which means I get on the water. I want to be in the cove by 8am. I want to have my lines drop by this, this time. I'm going to pull three poles with this bait. If that doesn't work, I'm going to change my bait up to this one and I'm going to pull three more. If that one doesn't work, I'm going to change my bait to this and I'm going to right? And so you have a plan that goes through a timeline and the steps exactly what you're going to do to try and allow your strategy to hit your target and then leverage the foundation that you've built to be able to win. Dude. So good. I feel like you've, you've said that a few times before. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> it's just so deeply ingrained into my brain. It really is. Yeah. But, so, but so the, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Now, I was going to say, so the book, so the book takes an interesting spin and it just doesn't kind of lay out because that, those are simple, simple things, right? It was a, we don't necessarily think in that simplicity. Um, sometimes we need to, um, but the book really is, is a story. It's a fictional story uh, about a young guy that grew up in Northeast Ohio. It, it, it's actually, although it doesn't talk about my hometown, it's very much written in my hometown. It's the people, it's the characters, it's the feel of, cool. of the folks that I grew up with. Um, and it talks about a, a, a guy that, that is kind of a, a what was me kind of guy that down on his luck, uh, he's in his 30s. He's got a master's degree, but he works as a pizza, a pizza shop for cash under the table. And uh, it's just kind of, you know, always looking down in his shoes. The world's worst, world's, you know, it's worst enemy, but he loves fishing. And he overhears an elderly gentleman in, in the restaurant one day and realizes that he's a record holder uh, for some of the local lakes and find out that he's one of the best fishermen in Northeast Ohio. So he tries to get his secrets from him and turns out, certain things happen and they end up fishing together. And this gentleman continues to breathe these lessons that he thinks are really about fishing and they are per se, but then he's realizing if I apply these things to the other things that in my life, like mm -hmm. relationships, like, like work that it begins to change my whole attitude and what, and what, what's happening around me. Man, that's awesome. And so 
How, how did uh, without you know spoiler alert here? How does it how does it change? How does it transform him? What what takes place? So it transforms him. So so during this time where you know, he, he's kind of built a reputation for himself, and nobody wants to deal with him outside of work. They deal with him while he's at work because they they have to. Um, so he doesn't have very many friends and, um, he, he has a neighbor next door to him that is a, uh, uh, a single mom. Uh, he's lived next door for quite some time and they've never talked. And, uh, and he begins to, through interactions, kind of forced interactions, begins to realize what he's, that he's doing this to himself. And that, that, um, if he just thinks through these processes and these complicities that, that, and, and approaching life in this simple, in simplistic fashion that it just makes everything feel better. And he starts to open himself up from a personality standpoint. He starts to build relationships with those around him, um, starts to kind of take initiative at work where he wasn't taken prior. Um, and thinking through, you know, the fact that, that, okay, these steps I've learned through the fishing process. Um, and he takes those same kind of thought process through, through the other aspects of his life. Um, until a big, a big uh, um, climactic end. Uh, the book will make you cry. Nice. I, I will tell you, <laughs> every man that's read it uh, has, uh, has come back to me and said that wasn't fair. Um, and uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's for me, driving emotion is mm. is an important important part of life. Uh, and um, and sometimes it makes lessons hit harder, yeah. right? And yeah. uh, and so so it's important to me to to build a story that would carry these, that carry these messages rather than just say, Hey, look, you should look at things like this. Yeah. Right. Totally, man. And, and, and I think, I mean, it's, it's proven. We, we connect a story more than we connect a fact. Fact is great. Yeah. It, I, I don't, I don't need someone to remind me not to eat nachos at 1130 PM. I know that <laughs> logically. Right. But, but, right. I'm, but I'm driven by some emotion that's, you know, compelling me to cope in that manner or to deal, not deal with something or whatever, whatever the case may be. It's right, a silly, right. silly example, but I, I think you're, I think you're right on the money. And so what, um, again, just to kind of dig deep into that, that concept a little bit, like uh, the, the way, like how did, how did he change, right? Like how did, how does this guy go from the mopey woe is me? I mean, circumstantially, my guess is his life didn't like, flip overnight no it did it doesn't and uh it, it the, the story base is actually over a summer and his perspective changes dramatically over a single fishing season um and and uh and that happened because because the, his mentor right was wow. very strategic in how teaching him these lessons um and he then became a mentor not only for fishing but he became a mentor for his relationship with the girl next door mm. he became a mentor with, with with a whole lot a whole, whole lot of other things and he asks uh, the, the main character's name in the book is his name is bags because he carries his baggage on his on his short sleeve his real name is joy but they call, everyone calls him bags awesome. uh, it's been a carried around for years and so uh <laughs> so bags uh, uh begins to carry a notebook around with him and and as he's as he's fed these little nuggets of wisdom from from his mentor he continues to, to write them in this notebook and this notebook becomes the, his guiding principles it because it becomes the thing that he's reflecting on continually it becomes the thing he's flipping through in the mornings he's flipping through in the evenings and kind of revisiting all of these lessons he's learning and realizing as he's revisiting them how much it's changing his mindset mm. and consciously 
you know, talking to himself and saying how much it's changing his mindset um, and recognizing and realizing it. So there's all kinds of little lessons beyond the big ones that are, that are really, uh, really, really ones that you'll, you'll, you'll kind of read and go, wow, <laughs> I never really, never really put it like that. You never really thought of it like that. For instance, uh, they're, they're fishing one day and, um, and he taught a lesson to, to, uh, never leave fish to try and find fish where they're overfish. They've made several passes and, and the, the, the electronics has shown him that fish is, fish is down there and he stops the boat and he asks bags. He says, okay, so what do we do now? And bags says, I don't know. Should we try another spot? And, and then he gets a lesson about why in the world would we ever leave these fish mm-hmm. right here to go try and find some other spot in the lake that has fish. And wow, what a lesson in life. Right? How many times do we have a good strategy and a plan and we go out there and we try and execute and we're, we're over our target, right? And instead of making small adjustments to our strategy or our plan, we then just kind of leave the whole thought of the target and we say, you know what, it must not work. Let's go over here and try something Forget different. Forget it. Right. Yeah. Let's move on. Move to something yeah. else, something easier, something better. Right. Right. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And, and in reality, it's most likely that exact spot that's waiting for you to, you know, be patient yep. Change enough. your bait. Yeah. Right? Change your and, bait, slow your approach. Right. right. And, and then that's the yeah. place that's got, you know, pl- plentiful fish. <laughs> it's got plenty yep. of fish. Um, man, that's neat. I, I just, I'm poking on it because I think there's, um, I mean, there's so many lessons. I mean, clearly enough for a book's worth, which I'm, I'm, I definitely will read. Um, but the the what what feels so resonant you know so true is that i do think and it's not this simple and it's not this black and white but my guess is you know bags mopey version of bags have plenty of access to um life lessons or mentors or people or influences or books or podcasts or whatever the the version of his um opening could have been and and he had the ability and the subtle mind sh- mindset shift day by day to, to open himself and, and, and in some ways like own his own life, right? Like to take responsibility and step into the, you know, I, I think we're both spiritual fellows, but to, to step into something that was far greater than whether I work at the pizza shop or I work at, you know, Ernst and Young, whatever, whatever example. Right. Yeah. And so, um, Man, it's sad, but like I look around at people, and and, and dude, like I, I have my own own baggage. I'm I'm my own version of bags don't, don't we in, all? In, in many ways. But but it, man, it it legitimately maybe it's because I'm almost forty or I'm dealing with my own stuff. But like I look around and I see people asleep to themselves, and and in that mopey, whiny, complainy, and not that it's all got to be positive or shiny or happy. That's not the case at all. But this like. Uh, neglecting of responsibility to to own your own life feels maybe that that's a profound lesson that that is your your book's teaching perhaps. So it is, and and that's uh, that is one of the the biggest messages in the book. Right, is that that is even though you build a solid foundation, you feel like you have your target really well defined you feel like you have the right strategy. You put a lot of effort into building a solid plan. The reality is 
it's only going to work, right, if it's aligned with, with the, the real will of God. And so you can build a great plan all you want if it's only your purpose and only your desire. You know, that, that, that's, that's one thing um, where you're going to really find success in life is when you realize you're not in total control. Yeah, man, I hate I hate that that's true. <laughs> so, <laughs> Don't we all? Good, good night. I want I want to control every aspect of everything. Oh, yeah. dude. Absolutely. Um, uh, it's so so awesome, and and we'll we'll obviously link to, you know to the book and to the show notes. And there's a couple before we move past it. Um, there's a couple things I, I I'd love for your and and it's not related to the content of the books book as much as the process um because mm-hmm. man again fascinated just kind of by the writing process and the discipline that it takes and and what it what what level of effort it took you to get to that point like what'd that look like for you when did you write the book like were you a 4 a.m guy were you a get away to the mountains guy were you write it during dinner time like how, how did the book come to life practically for you uh, that's a great question, and, and uh, it was uh, it was a journey. It was a, a three year journey, but it was not it was not three years of writing. Uh, it was a three year journey where I I would scribe two chapters um, and then leave it sit for a number of you know months and then get back to it again. And um, part of part of the reason is that you know I had a, a pretty pretty big role and uh, um, was moving a lot and shaking a lot and. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of demands on, on, uh, uh, on, on me and, and, uh, um, you know, and, and trying to achieve what, what our business goals were. And, uh, and so it became a release for me. Yeah. And I think what it was, and I, I think I told you before that when, when I read the book for the first time, it was, <laughs> it was almost an out of body experience. It was like, I, I finished it and went, who wrote that? That's awesome. And, and it was just, it was really just an amazing feeling that, that I, I couldn't even believe that, that I scribed and it was so fluid, even though I, I wrote it in so many, so such a length of time that it was so disparate. I never outlined, I didn't do any of anything like that. It just, it just literally, I sat down out, and yeah. started writing and it came out. Um, part of it, I think was the fact that, um, as I mentioned, you know, was in a big, a big corporate role and, and that can get extremely confusing at times. And I think it was my desire to simplify my life and the way that I was thinking that I poured that into the characters that, that, mm. um, that I developed. And, and so part of it was, I think, you know, me talking to myself or, or God talking to me, um, and, and pouring it through me to say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to teach you this, but I want you to teach it to others because that's the most important thing. Man, that's so cool. Uh, there's a, um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't need to chase that squirrel. I'll be quiet, but I was just going <laughs> to, uh, cause I'll, I'll take that somewhere weird. Nobody cares about that. They care about your experience. And, and I think, um, that if I remember correctly from our conversation last week, that accelerated at a certain point when you kind of got to this point where you're like, man, I'm going to finish this thing. What would that it did. piece look like? It did. Yeah. And, 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 uh, you know, it, at one point, um, you know, it was, uh, um, uh, you know, my, my role came to an end, uh, it, it Stanley Black and Decker and I decided, okay, it's, it's, uh, you know, that is sitting there waiting for me to do. And it's been a calling of mine and I've been pecking at it for quite some time. And that's when I really got serious on it. And I really kind of began to dive in 
and uh, and really spend the time to kind of finalize it, which is the detailed part of the book, right? Which is the the organizing and editing and and making sure what you put down is is truly in in a in a solid story form. It's a matter of reading and rewriting some things that you did before. It's a matter of finding the gaps that maybe are in the story that you didn't recognize because you wrote one chapter four months before the other. Right. Um, and uh, and so you know it took lots of of reading and rereading and, and, and realizing that the, the story has gaps and it's as minor as, for instance, um, you know, there's a scene where, uh, a chapter where they're a scene, like I'm making a movie out of it. There's a chapter <laughs> sure. where, where, uh, yeah, there's a chapter where they're in a coffee shop and, and there's the things you'll catch like in, in any process to re- you realize that uh, I mentioned that they both drink their coffee yet. I only had a situation where, in my mind I did, but not on paper where, where, you know, only one of them got the coffee, right? Uh, the, the, the gentleman from the count, front counter comes and delivers the coffee to the one of the gentlemen, but you never say that the other guy got coffee oh, when, he, when he first came in. Right. And so you catch these things, just going through it. And it's a, it's a very, very detailed process to really understand. Are there times when someone will be reading and go, well, wait a minute, when did he get a coffee? Right. Yeah. And, uh, and you got to catch those things and it's important to the whole, the whole feel. And you, you don't want people when they're reading, getting caught up in those things because it takes away from, from the real message that you're trying to deliver. Yeah, totally. Um, I love that. It's like when you're watching a movie and you're like, dude, you went into the house and it was daylight. And when you guys left the house, it's pitch dark and you the scene was like seven seconds. Like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so no, that, that makes sense. How about the, uh, the the c- kind of the flip side of the process, like the result of this, has done what in terms of connection? Um, you know, n- not w- whatever. I, I know nobody's writing books to get rich, so uh, I'm not yeah. asking that question. I'm asking the question around like impact, influence. What's it leading to? How's that like? How's this book become? Um, you know, obviously even as, as practical as this, it's been a conversation starter, but, um, how, how has it been received as the more direct way to ask it? Yeah. So, so it's, it's been, so I had no expectations when I launched this on December 28th, I really tried to get it out before Christmas. Uh, I couldn't do that, but got it launched, uh, on December 28th with really no expectations other than I read many times that, you know, most people that put books on Amazon sell less than a hundred copies and, and, uh, um, now, I, I, with, with uh, the fact that I owned a marketing company, I thought I could do a little better than that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I sure hope that. That's right. And, uh, and so, uh, so when, I, when I rolled it out, I really didn't have any expectations. I didn't have expectations for sales. I really didn't have expectations for, for uh, the response. I really didn't even think about it, to be honest with you. I just knew that it was a great story that I wanted to share and, and um, didn't think about that people would come back to me with, with how it made them feel. And... Uh, Man, and it started right away, and 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 I'll be honest with you. To to this to this day, I, I'm I am floored um, by the response and how people are picking certain pieces of the book that I could have never even imagined would be impactful to them, and they will you know call me or or send me a text or or um, you know reach me on one of the social media sites and they and they say wow you know, this part of the book, I never really thought of that. This was amazing. It made me think of this. And, you know, and I'm That's like, cool. wow, I never even, I would have never thought of that. But, you know, I had a, I had a, a, a woman tell me that, 
you know, both her and her husband read it and she feels like it's going to save their marriage. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And, uh, and just, just incredible. And, uh, I had a gentleman tell me, he said, hey, look, I'm 55 years old and I finally get it. Wow. And, and, you know, just, just those kind of things that, that, uh, that you, you, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't make it up. It's just, uh, it's, it just makes you feel like, wow, it makes you feel like it's way bigger than you. Right. Because, because the reality is, like I said, when I read it for the first time, I, I was like, who wrote this? And so <laughs> for me, dude. it's just, it's, for me, it's amazing that, that, uh, you know, I, I, it's creating what it's creating because I don't necessarily feel like it's, it's my doing. I feel like it's, uh, you know, it's just as happening, uh, which is, which is just really wild, just really wild. It's been, um, if you go on Amazon and look on Amazon, it's got, I think, uh, as of today, 34 reviews, all five stars and just some of the stuff that the people say in there, um, you know, I don't get any reviews that are like great book, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Nice job. They, they are, they are, they are, yeah, they're really, you could tell that they're pouring, you know, emotion into the review because they had, they were impacted emotionally. That's and, great. and, uh, yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool. I, I mean, you know, I, I could, I could care less what kind of dollars it generates as long as, you know, it, it continues to, to have that kind of impact in people's lives. And, and, uh, you know, for that reason, you know, I want to get as many out there as I can and, uh, you know, have an opportunity to, to have, have that kind of impact and, and lots of different people and see, see what happens. And it's been great because, you know, there's been people that, you know, um, you know, like I said, are, are up there in, in age that read it, that are, that are moved by it. And, and I've had, you know, uh, kids as young as 10 years old, wow. uh, read the book and, and, and it's just been, yeah, it's been really cool. That's so neat, man. That, did it like your entrepreneur bug and the different businesses you've started? Has it given you the, the itch to write another one already? Like what's that? <laughs> so I didn't necessarily have the itch, but, uh, but I've had many of the readers come back and say, oh. when's the next one? Cause of the way the book ends, um, you know, I won't give you the insight to that, but, but the way the book ends kind of leaves you, leaves you wanting it. And so, Hanging, yeah. um, and, 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 you know, it's, the character development in the book is something I spent a lot of time on. So you truly feel connected with the people, um, in the book. And, and I think that there, there, it leaves a lot of questions as to what happens to them. And, and, um, you know, they just want to see the sequel. And, and I've had, I don't know, probably 30 people question, you know, when, when's the next, the next series coming out. So awesome. I've been starting to think about what I do and how I do that. And, and I'm not an author, <laughs> Yeah. And I don't claim to be, I guess I have that title now, yeah, but, you do, dude. um, but, uh, but, uh, you know, now I have to really start acting like one, I suppose. Yeah, oh, dude, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> was there a, and I'm back to the process here for, so forgive me, but was there a distinct decision around fiction versus nonfiction for you? Or was it always just like, Hey, I want to tell this as a story. How, how did that process unfold? Yeah, no, again, Part, part of who I am as a leader, um, and I think that um, uh, I would hope that, that anybody that's ever worked for me would, would say the same thing, but who I am as a leader is I, I'm a people person first, um, and I care about you, care about you as an employee, not about the results you're driving first. I care about you as an individual, and I care about, you know, 
how your home life is and how you're doing and is everything okay and are you are you happy and what I can do for you to make you happy and I I, I care about people I mean that's mm. just I can't I can't tell you how how important it is uh, for me to uh, uh, you know to have um, you know good relationships with those around me and and I just have a compassion for mm. for people and I think that's where it came from right is that that. I wanted to develop characters um, and show the impact people can have on people. And, uh, and, and I think I was able to do that. Um, and, uh, but you know, again, I, I could take those same principles uh, that are taught in the book and in, in 10 pages, teach them to you. Um, but to see somebody go through the emotional journey and understand their ins and outs when doing that, brings it home and yeah, and uh and there's something about each one of those characters that somebody can relate to yeah. and and that was the big thing is that i just think that you know building that i can relate to that kind of mentality or you know i'm like that person or or yes i've said that before or things like that um you know make it make it more real man i love it i'm so so touched by it, dude. I'm really, really, I know we don't know each other well, but I'm, I'm proud of you and proud of the work that you've put into the world. Cause I Thanks. think it's, it's making people, uh, address things and wrestle with things and think through the deeper, more meaningful substance that, you know, maybe if left to our own distractions, we'd numb with social media or Netflix or, <laughs> or something else. So, um, well done, man. Well done. Thank you. Um, so I've already chewed up, but for, for those of you who, who uh, care, I've already pushed him a couple times today because of client commitments, and he's an hour ahead of us. So he's, uh, he's into his evening, and I don't want to infringe um, any, any longer on your evening, Robert, because I know you've got a family and other things to tend to. So um, we wrap up each show with five fairly straightforward questions, four, four softballs and then a tough, a tough kind of high and tight fastball for you to, to chew on at the end. Um, so, so here we go, man. So um, what's the last book that you read or listened to besides the one that you wrote? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, the last one that I read before, I'll be honest with you, I've been so deep into this one and the, and the creation of this I one. Is, uh, um I will tell you the last one that I read happened after this book, which was Tuesdays with Maury. And it happened because huh. one of my pre-readers of my book um, called me and asked me, do you know Mitch Album, uh, the author? And I said, I do not. And he said, I'm, actually, I'm not familiar with his work. He said, well, I read, I you know, read your transcript, transcript and I think there's a very similarity between his writing and yours. And so he sent me Tuesdays with Maury on, on, uh, through Amazon. And oh, so, that's awesome. Yeah, so I read that. Yeah, he's he's absolutely right. There is there is a similarity between the styles and the way that we, we tell stories. It's pretty interesting. That's great. I love it. Um, cool. All right. So number two, if you weren't afraid, what would you do right now? Oh, I would uh, I would take out a great big loan and grow this business to the roof. Really? Yeah, but I'm afraid of that, dude. Me too. You and I, yeah. you and I talked about that last week. Like. Yeah. Uh, there, there's so many times I'm like, man, if if this thing had a bunch of zeros behind it in the investment account, like <laughs> we we wouldn't run, I wouldn't run it like this. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Exactly. And and, and it, it maybe needs to be this exact way because 
it needs to be this exact way. I don't know. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that fear, bro. Um, what's one thing that if people hung around you long enough, they'd, they'd see you do that they'd be like, that's kind of weird or awkward or funny or different? Oh, that's a good one. Um, they hung around me. Well, I kind of, I'm, I'm a big gardener. Um, really? Yeah, kind of an old man kind of thing, but it's, it's awesome. part of part of my life for a long time. So, if you hang around me long enough, you realize that that I enjoy my chickens and uh, and that I uh, and I take in, in, intense pride in my in my gardens. Um, and uh, that's just uh, I love to can vegetables and oh, and uh, yeah, I really spend a lot of time on that in the in the, in the summer. And uh, it's kind of weird just because. You know, and I think it's back to this whole entrepreneurial stream that, that we have. Um, we're challenged by so many different things and we want to be able to do so many different things. And I find myself having an interest of building cars, um, racing cars, mm. gardening, raising chickens, <laughs> being awesome. a dad, right? Supporting my wife and her basketball. Um, I mean, just so, so many things that, that, you know, just keep me jumping from thing to thing to thing. Um, and, uh, and the gardening thing is, is something that in the summers I come home from work, I walk in the house, I grab the dogs, I go back and I look at every single one of my plants and I pick off leaves and I make sure they're good and I make sure I water them. And it's just kind of a relaxing yeah, man. thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got the itch for uh, to buy like a big. I'm I'm way behind in you than you, but I, I want to do the same thing this spring. Is is jump into the raised garden bed thing and 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 just mm-hmm. just for me like to to legitimately unplug is is I I always say it's hard. It's not hard. It's it's my own dysfunction that keeps me chained to the phone it's not really hard it's actually really easy um but to to go put my fingers in the dirt and be part of the ground and 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 get kind of out of the digital stuff and into the real stuff is is uh yeah feels like some cool stuff um what's your wife in basketball what was that story what's that deal oh my wife's my wife's a basketball coach she's actually uh yeah, she's an ex-college athlete. She played uh, she played basketball at University of West Florida, and and I love to brag about her, but she hates it when I do. That's uh, awesome. She's very humble. But uh, yeah, she played. Um, she actually went to Pensacola Junior College, uh, played two seasons there, then went to West Florida, played two seasons there, and West Florida had a phenomenal career. She she ended up being team captain and scored a thousand sixty nine points. In Come on. Seasons. Yeah, so she's she's a baller, um, big time, and. And so it's in her blood. Um, this month for us becomes the the great, amazing oh, yeah. month for us. Both of my boys were were born this month, and I swear that it was strategic on her part so that she could <laughs> lay in the hospital and watch the watch games. <laughs> and uh, but uh, but no, yeah, she That's she coaches great. here at our at our at our local high school. She coaches the girls girls high school and, and uh she really enjoys it oh man that's cool i love it yeah we've got our, our kiddos play hoops and i've coached them now and then so that's cool um yeah, what's cool. What, uh what's your favorite place on earth oh that's a tough one because of because of our uh um i think our spirit to want change um there's a lot of different areas that i would say that i i really kind of feel drawn to 
uh, Pensacola is probably one of the areas that I really enjoy the most. Um, I, I love the, the sandy beaches, but more importantly, we have some great friends down there that uh, we call our second home, and and um, and uh, it's it's kind of uh, it's a place that we'll we'll long to be long term um, at some point. But uh, um, but just as much I I love I love you know Northern Ontario to get on a boat and, and uh, you know fish for for lots and lots and lots of hours. Um, you know, I, I just love, I love fishing no matter where I go. And that's something that my family, it's been great for, you know, where, when we vacation, we vacation to fish. I love and it. so, yeah, every, everywhere we went, including our honeymoon, Jen and I went to the Bahamas and we fished uh, a couple of days in the Bahamas. So. Some of my favorite memories in the last five years are with our now 10 year old son. We, we pulled a big fat Goliath grouper out of the Everglades last summer. Yeah. And, um, we've, we fly fished in the mountains unsuccessfully, but we did it. Like we were, we were oh, casting yeah. fly rods in the mountains. We did not catch many trout, but we dig fly fish. <laughs> uh, it's, it's good stuff, man. Um, is, all right, let's, let's, let's round the final base here. When it's all said and done, what do you want to be remembered for? So I think when it's all said and done, I, I want to be remembered for the, the impact I've had on others. Um, whatever that looks like, I don't know what it looks like. And I joke often, uh, but it's not really a joke. Um, I struggle every day trying to understand what I want to be when I grow up. Me too. <laughs> um, yet every step I take, um, I'm concerned about those around me. And um, uh, I just want to make sure that when it's all said and done, that there are those that, that remember me for, for, you know, not necessarily an action uh, that I did for them or money that I gave to them, but a change of heart that I've helped them create. Man, well said. Way to end it, my friend. Um, where can people, we'll link to all this, but where can people follow along with your journey and, and tell us, uh, you mentioned the book on Amazon, but if people wanted to, to follow along on your path, where would they go? Yeah, so um, a, a couple different places. There's uh, there's a website for the book if you wanted to to bounce around there and understand that a little bit more, and that's uh, that's uh, onefishchanges.com. Um, also, um, I do some training and, and speaking opportunities. It's a passion of mine. I love to get in front of people, and and uh, I feel like I have uh, some tremendous stories to tell that 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 God has given me that that should not stay in me, um, and uh, that. Um, website is uh, leadershiplifecoach.com and uh, and then uh, send my long, business side is, note is, how long have you owned that domain that's a terrific <laughs> domain dude not very long really? and I will be honest with you when I found it I was like dumbfounded and I couldn't I just couldn't believe it and uh, of course I grabbed it right away yeah it's well and, worth uh, 13 bucks yeah I couldn't I couldn't believe it and and so um, just another one of those odd things as I'm, I'm thinking awesome. about taking this journey that just all of a sudden it, it ends up in my lap. I'm like, what? That's awesome. Yeah. So, and then, and then my business, which is, uh, endo group, llc.com, uh, um, which is, which is a budding little marketing business, which, you know, encompasses, uh, consulting as well as, you know, development of commercial processes as, and, and, and helping really as we're kind of starting to develop our niche here. Um, helping those young businesses 
uh, or businesses that have not found their way commercially really become something. And um, so, yeah, we've got, we've got a nice, a nice portfolio uh, beginning and, and uh, have some great people that we're working with, which is important to me. And uh, yeah, feels real good at this point. Oh man, I love it. You got a lot of good stuff going on, my friend. And um, this is, this has been a tremendous uh, conversation and, and I know people are going to find great value in it, man. So thank you. You bet. Thanks for having me. We're gonna have to have you come back on and talk about uh, infomercial production at some point. <laughs> I'm fascinated. <laughs> oh, by that's that. a, that's a story in itself. Of course uh, it and is. it was, uh, oh yeah, it was, uh, and I was, I was probably, I guess, 20, 23 or 24 when we were doing all this. And it was, uh, um, yeah, it was quite, quite the adventure. Um, so awesome. and, uh, yeah, it was really neat. It was on the heels of kind of, um, you know, Michael Casey made a fortune with the ab roller and that kind of started the whole DRTV push and DRT became a, DRTV became a real play, um, you know, with these 2830 productions and, and, uh, you know, there were a lot of people making a lot of money off of them yeah. and it, it took highly demonstrable product to be able to do that and, and, uh, you know, I met a guy at Kinko's of all places and, uh, and, uh, he and I kind of built a relationship again, that, that mentor thing that I've always kind of gravitated towards. And, uh, and we started to, uh, just kind of play around some ideas. And then we started to travel to the, uh, a trade show that was, I don't know if it's still around these days, but it was called Impex. Um, and it was, uh, the world's largest new invention trade show. And so people would have products Man. that they had invented and we would go there and just kind of look for those things that we thought were highly demonstrable and when we found them we would put together some some video productions and and make it happen that's awesome talk about talk about emotional content i mean that's that's the height of emotion you know (laughs) urgency and scarcity and all all the stuff exactly oh dude well robert we'll uh we'll definitely continue our friendship and conversations and and um i know i know our friends here listening will will take great value in in everything you shared man and that and they better buy some freaking books too so let's go (laughs) that's good all right buddy all right i appreciate it thanks Thanks, so much you bet bye now bye-bye